fellow griever. Today, you have reached Season 2, Episode 24 of the Leftover Pieces Suicide Loss Conversations Podcast, and I'm Melissa, your host. Today, you have found one of my short solo episodes, and this particular episode happens to be the second to last episode in Season 2, just before we begin Season 3 in 2022. So now seems like a great time to thank everyone for listening this last couple seasons, for being a part of this journey, for being a part of this community. And therein lies one of the dualities that I talk about a lot, because while, yes, I'm so grateful to have you all as a part of this community and to be a part of it myself, none of us wanted to be here. Actually, probably none of us could ever have imagined that we would be here. However, it is together that we learn how to survive. We walk toward hope. And eventually, together, we can even learn to heal, to pick up those leftover pieces that are shattered before us and learn to live alongside this grief, to build a new life of new meaning And yes, amid those leftover pieces, even find happiness again. So this last year, the first two seasons of this podcast, I have had meaningful, mindful, inspirational conversations with many people. I have explored many ideas and topics along this journey after suicide loss. For me, after the suicide loss of my son, Alex, Season three begins in mid-January of 2022, and I hope you'll join us for more meaningful conversations meant to comfort, educate, inspire, or hold you up in this journey that you're walking after suicide loss. But for now, let's go ahead and dive in. Let's dive down the rabbit hole together and see if what I have to say makes any sense. So what I want to talk about today is synchronicities and redefined motherhood. On the surface, I'm not sure if those seem like they should go together, but I hope you'll bear with me while I try to unpack this, because somewhere in this, I think there's some merit. I think there's something that we can all take from it. So Here's the two things, and then I'm going to try to explain how they overlap for me. So the redefined motherhood part came to me recently when someone in a group that I was in talked about the transformation that occurs to us after the birth of our first child, the transformation into parenthood, the transformation that it means to our entire life our new self, all of those things. And I was immediately thrown into the idea of how transformed we are as a parent after the death of our child. So because I haven't, I mean, just to stop and embellish on that a moment, I haven't stopped being Alex's mom. He's still my son and I'm still his mother. And yes, I understand that that looks very different I understand that I've been transformed, which means I've had to learn 
to transform my idea of what motherhood looks like. Because while I still have two living children, I have one child that is no longer here. And yet I am still his mother. So part of where my mind went that day that this topic was brought up was how it's so openly received and accepted to help someone transform into a good parent when their child is born. And even along the journey of parenthood, we have groups and and all of the places that we go to be a part of a community of parents. And by that, I mean things that are easily available, things that are obvious, whether it's you know, we sign our kids up for teams, or we put our kids in school, something as simple as that. And there are places and obvious spaces for us to exist in that parenting role. And so what do we do with this new parenting role that we have, where we are still a parent, but our child is gone. And what I'm going to tell you is there are places and spaces and there are groups, um, groups like ones that I'm putting together, support groups. But are they as readily available? No. Are they as easy to find? No. And by and large, people aren't as out in the open with the fact that these things exist and that we should actually be encouraged and supported and accommodated in order to find the education that we need to find the support and the groups that we need to be able to develop as a grieving parent, as a grieving parent that still wants to go on, that still wants to know what this is going to look like and how we're going to do it, which in many ways is how lost we feel in the beginning. I get that there's celebration, not devastation. When it's a child that's just been born, but the, the need to figure it out on a very primal level is still the same. The need to be supported through it and the need to be given direction and assistance, those things are still the same. And yet as a society, we fall very short where grieving parents are concerned. And guess what? We're still here and we still need to figure this out. So where do the synchronicities that I talked about at the beginning fall into this? And actually, what is a synchronicity, right? I do provide several resources in the show notes that go deeper into some of what I'm going to talk about with the basic idea of where synchronicities came from, which is the famed doctor of modern psychology, Carl Jung. Um which was, it kind of stems from his basic theory, which involves that of the collective unconsciousness um, that connects all of us. So Carl Jung believed that all humans are connected through our shared experiences beyond time and generation, meaning he believed that beyond our current physical existence, we were still somehow connected I'll use the word spiritual. It's not used, you know, as freely in in his work, but that's that's the basis of what he's talking about is that we're still connected 
through shared experiences that we've had even with ancestors. So you're talking about an energetic connection. To define synchronicity, it involves the world or state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to an idealistic or notional idea of them. So here's how this ties in. Well, I'll tie it together here in a few minutes, but here's where synchronicities play in for me. Over the last, especially the last year, but over the last several years, and then this last year, especially as I've had more conversations with people for the podcast, I have encountered numerous parents and people in the grief and loss space that talk about synchronicities. In other words, they're talking about things that many people might call coincidence that really we have no way to explain, but we also don't really have a way to unexplain it either. So I'll use one example for this, and this is a rabbit hole episode, so I'm not going to go into an extra deep dive on this. I did provide resources in the show notes, but as I'm recording this podcast, I'm looking at a photo on the wall. It's not a photo, actually. It's a painting on the wall. It's not real small, and it's not super big. It's probably a 16 by 12 framed piece of artwork. It's of a tree that my son painted, my son Alex, that I lost to suicide in 2016. He painted this tree when he was in third grade. And the story with this tree for me It's beautiful green grass. It's a tree with no leaves. It's just a trunk with branches. And on the horizon, there's purples and pinks and blues. So whether he knew he was doing a sunset or a sunrise, that's really what it appears to be. And it bears note that Alex wasn't a particularly artistic child when it came to things like painting and drawing. But this particular painting always was one I loved. It also was one that for reasons that I can't explain, (laughs) that's we're tying into the synchronicities, was one that I chose to go buy a very nice frame for and chose to take with me when I sold everything in the house. Now, I did keep a lot of my kids' artwork. I didn't just keep Alex's painting. I kept paintings of my daughter's and my other son's as well. But for some reason something kept pulling me to this painting. Like I knew it had to go with me and go on the wall in the motorhome when we decided to travel. I remember the day I picked it up and said, this is going with us. And my husband said, it's kind of big. Where do you think we're going to put it in a motorhome? And I said, I don't know, but I just know it needs to go with us. And he kind of just said, okay. And I can't really tell you why, because I've been very attached to different pieces of all of my kids' artwork before And Alex, to my knowledge, had never discussed this tree with me. He had never told me that he liked it. I just have had a feeling about this tree. And so it went with us. And to fast forward a bit, I was, I don't know the exact time frame, but I was in the motorhome. It found a place on the wall in our bedroom and not 
too long before I had this moment, the first moment that I had involving this tree, um, one of Alex's best friends from high school had sent me some photos from Africa where he had traveled for an internship of sorts. I'm, I apologize if he's listening to this and I'm calling it the wrong thing, but he was either working in an internship or doing some studies for his uh, school in Africa as a biology major. And he had sent me pictures in different places, even in the States that he had been and scattered some of Alex's ashes. And he happened to send me, I think four photos from different places in Africa that he had been where he had scattered some of Alex's ashes. And Alex's uh, one of the, the small sharing urn that I gave him was in each of the photos. And one of those photos happened to be of a tree that looked amazingly like this tree. And I didn't realize that at first when I saw the photos. So one day, for some reason, I was walking into the bedroom and it hit me almost like a gust of air. And I immediately was flooded with, I know what this tree is. I sat on the bed and I just started to cry. And my husband looked at me, he kind of came in the room and said, what in the world, what happened? And all I could do was look at him and say, I know where that tree is. And he said, what are you talking about? And I pulled up my phone and I fumbled for the photo that I had been sent by Alex's friend and I just showed him and he looked at the photo and he looked at the tree on the wall and he said, holy cow. And it really made us both speechless. Now, some people could call that a coincidence. Alex happened to paint a tree when he was little, this tree. I mean, we're talking, the tree looks like an, an artistic rendition of this photo. Like, is it, and he was a third grader, so it doesn't look like the exact photo, but it looks like some, I mean, even if you look at the photos on the, the colors on the horizon and the way one branch comes off of this tree, the whole thing, it's just an artistic rendition of this photo. And it just is phenomenally the same. I don't know how to explain it. I even sent the photo side by side to him. And he kind of, I don't remember his exact words, but it was kind of something like, wow, that's a really good likeness of that tree who painted that. And I said, Alex did in third grade. And he was like, holy cow. And just the feeling. So since then, without going, you know, five more minutes down the rabbit hole, I will just tell you that a version of this tree has popped up in my life many times. And it's taken a while for me to catch on, for me to catch on that this was something that I'm not really sure why Alex is showing us, but one of his other very best friends just recently posted a photo on social media. So it wasn't sent to me specifically. It was just social media. And it was her by a tree that again, looks remarkably like this tree, the horizon, everything remarkably like this. And she knew about this other, the the painting and this other photo, but it's been a couple of years. So I know she wasn't thinking about it at all. Because when I sent her back just a picture of the painting and said, really? 
she was blown away. She said, oh my gosh, you have got to be kidding. And like I said, there have been now multiple situations where I realize that for some reason, this is a significant thing that Alex wants us to see. And the bigger picture of the synchronicity piece to me is if you didn't already pick it up, and you probably did, was that my son painted this in third grade. And so there feels like without me going again down some big rabbit hole, there's a synchronicity piece to this that makes me believe in the fact that energy just exists without beginning or end. And outside of our human existence, once our soul leaves our body and the energy of what makes us human is back in another place, whatever you want to call that, whatever we want to call that, I try not to get into those types of discussions or judgments. But for me, where Alex's energy is now in the spirit world, it makes me really try to wrap my head around the fact that time is very different. And the idea that his time here was always determined, his time here was predetermined. And he was somehow informed on a level that maybe he didn't even understand when he was painting this photo. So if you're following me, you probably have goosebumps a little bit, which is the same kind of thing that I get. One of these stories that somebody else has told recently, if you want to go back and listen to Vicki Stam's episode, a few episodes back in this same season, where she talks about her son Calvin and a synchronicity that she experienced when he was three, and then again, very clearly just weeks before he passed. So these, and, and like I said, I've, I've heard lots of ty- these types of stories told. This is just one example of a synchronicity showing up in my life. And the reason I bring it up in connection with redefining motherhood after the loss of our child is because it's been the synchronicities, the belief in the connection to him still, the connection to the unconscious, to everything that was and is and will be, not only with my son, but with others that I have lost in my life. It's been really wrapping my head around belief in that, that has allowed me the ability to actually embrace the space that I'm in. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not the same as liking it, but to be able to embrace it so that I may grow, so that I may transform not only as a person in my new life, but it's also helped me accept things, including filling the permission to find friends that share my common loss, that share the mothering journey that I am on. So just like we had to redefine ourselves from a person without children to a person with children, and that meant 
leaving certain things behind and changing uh, maybe even friend circles or how some of our relationships looked or the way we spent our time. Now, the difference is many of us, not all of us, many of us went into motherhood a little more intentionally. We did not go into this version of motherhood intentionally. So it's hard to wrap your head around the idea that I'm asking you to consider the idea of at some point embracing where you're at to a point that you are willing to seek the information that it takes to redefine motherhood, to seek the support in order to be able to do that, And to allow yourself to transform into the best version of what that looks like for you. For me, it means embracing the choice I have made to pick up the pieces, to build and even nurture these new relationships that have come into my life because of the loss of my son, to be willing to see the many gifts that Alex has given me. And to still seek the knowledge and the support I need to continue to walk this journey and redefine what not only motherhood looks like, but what I look like now. I hope you too will see synchronicities in your own life, in your own journey that connect you to your loved one as well, that bring you the understanding and connection and love that mine have brought me. And I'll point you to the show notes one more time, because there I also have a couple of resources that might just help you add a few new tools to your grief toolkit where facilitating connection beyond this life or spiritually with your loved one is concerned. And Griever, if you don't follow me on social media, you might not know that the first two books in my survival series have been released on Amazon and are available to purchase now. I'm very proud of them, and I believe that they are both great resources in facing life after suicide loss. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast and would like to help make sure that other suicide loss survivors can also find it, please consider going to Apple and rating and reviewing the podcast. I do think you have to scroll all the way to the bottom. Somebody told me that recently they don't make it overly easy. It would mean a lot to me to help other people find us. I hope you'll join me next week for the season two recap episode. And then in just a few short weeks after that season three will begin until then. Take good care of yourself. I wish you love and light. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.